Welcome to Relevance for Today, a show where you will be encouraged, inspired, and fed through the Word of God. You will find relevant teachings, tips, discussions, interviews, and more for both believers and even non-believers who are considering salvation through Jesus Christ. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey folks, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Relevance for Today. I'm Steve Lewis. And it's great to have you on the show. We're going to be starting a new series called Discipleship. I haven't come up with the full name for it. It could be Why Discipleship? Where's Discipleship? What happened to Discipleship? Either way, we're going to be talking about Discipleship. So this is very important. Salvation is very important. And one of my most important messages I've ever shared. But along with that, I do believe Discipleship is a very important one that we definitely need to get into. So here we go. Let's start off with the definition. So discipleship can be defined in many ways. A disciple has been shown to be someone who follows the teachings, life and aim of another until the person becomes like the master. Okay, so for example, dad, I know you're listening. I love you. And uh, a good example of the disciple the master, I will definitely say would be my father teaching me how to play chess. Some of you out there play chess. Chess is a very hard game, but I encourage you all to learn how to play it because it teaches you a lot of life lessons. Number one, it teaches you patience. Number two, it teaches you how to lose (laughs) many times before you even think about getting to win a game. But overall, it teaches you strategy. It teaches you how to use part of your brain that you've never used before. Because there's a lot of strategic maneuvers in chess. I'm a good player. I'm not a grandmaster champion player, but I can hold my own. And my dad's really good. And so basically with my dad is he taught me how to play chess many years ago when I was younger. And we would sit down and he would put the whipping on me. And I'm serious. He would beat the pants right off me in chess for years. And one day I finally beat him. And I was nervous. It was one of those scary moments where you're like, "Uh, checkmate, dad. But it was as if the student became the master. But in my aspect, I didn't look at myself like, okay, I finally beat my dad. I'm the master now. No, but I looked at him and said, I'm good enough now that I was able to beat my dad in a game out of probably hundreds. (laughs) And uh, but the thing was, dad didn't just beat me in the game of chess. He taught me. Now, when you did that last move, you should have done this instead. You know, he didn't teach me. At times, we played and he taught. And then there was times we went on and played a full game. And then after the game, he would say, you know, when you moved your rook or you did this with the castle, you should have done this or you should have done that. Next time, try moving your pawns this way or protect your king and different things like that. But it was training. And it's a perfect example. I didn't just sit there in the house and him talk to me about chess and tell me, here's all the pieces without showing me the board. We went through and he taught me. We did that OJT, the -the on-the-job training. We did the training. We went through, broke down what the pieces were all about, and really learned a lot that way. And so thank you, Dad, for teaching me that because I still play chess. In fact, i got to have some guys over soon and do that. 
but basically the student became like the master. You know, I listened, I learned through application and verbal teachings. And so discipleship in the Christian sense is the process of making someone become like Christ. Now, if there's any naysayers watching, it doesn't mean you're going to be Jesus now. It's not meaning I am a God now and all these different things that are floating around, all these different things about you're your own God and all these different things. We're not talking about that. We're talking about you will become Christ-like. You know, if you cut a loaf of bread, there should be bread inside. No, but no one's going to cut us open, but you get the point. You see an orange, you cut it open, there should be orange inside. An apple should taste like an apple. Strawberry should taste like a strawberry. You open a pack of potato chips, there should be potato chips in there. But what happens with a Christian, what comes out of a Christian, should be Christ-like behavior. And so the disciple of Christ will become Christ-like in everything, every situation, not just sitting in the church building, but every way, Walmart shopping, you know, whatever it might be, sitting at the stoplight, being patient and so forth. And so we can read the four Gospels in the New Testament to learn how to act, live and focus on our daily lives. We can learn how to care for others. And most importantly, we will learn as we read the four Gospels. Whenever you sit down and read those four Gospels, you're going to learn how to walk in love as Jesus Christ did. You're going to learn how to step out in faith and all these different things. And so Jesus told his disciples, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And that's in Matthew 4, 19. The New King James translation reads, then he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And so you're thinking fishers of men, what in the world? Fishers of men. Yes, Jesus would train them and equip them so they could go out and draw men closer to him, closer to our Heavenly Father. And that's what we'll be talking about in this series. We're going to be talking about discipleship. We're going to be talking about drawing closer. We're going to be talking about being an actual minister who's discipling someone. We're going to be talking about finding a way to get discipled in the first place. There's so many different things that I'm going to be addressing, and I'm going to take a lot of notes. So I don't know how long this series is going to be, but it's a very important series where I'm going to set it aside, and it's not only going to be in the episode side of Relevance for Today podcast show, but it's also, of course, it's going to be the Relevance for Today TV show over at Kingdom Community TV. So you're going to have access to it on both areas. But the key thing to remember is this. Actually, you know what? Let me get back to it because I'm going to get on a, <laughs> I better stick with my notes. <laughs> oh boy. Here we go. So to be a disciple back in Jesus's day was a great honor. In the New Testament, a rabbi, for example, which would be considered a great one, a master or a teacher, would call a new disciple by saying, follow me. It meant from that time forward, that life would change drastically as they would be dead to their own life and alive to their new life. So they would literally drop everything they're doing and go and be with that person. Disciples would live with the rabbi 24 hours a day, walking from town to town, teaching, working, eating, and studying. Let's rewind that back. Zzz, check this out. Listen to what I'm saying now. Disciples. 
disciples would live with the rabbi 24 hours a day, walking from town to town, not just sitting and listening. They're walking from town to town. They're being taught. They're teaching, working, eating together, studying together. They would discuss the scriptures and apply them to their lives. The disciples were also supposed to be the rabbi's servants, submitting to his authority while they served his needs. So it was a give and take, one of those quid pro quo type things, one hand washing the other. So you're being trained, but you're also giving back. So, but this, of course, this was back in the day. And as the disciples became more equipped and trained, he would then end up being just like the master to the point where people could see the rabbi's traits in that disciple. They could see how the person acts or the person talks and they would say, oh, hey, that is a disciple. They would say, hey, you know what? That guy right there, he's a disciple of Bobby Joe Lewis. He's got to be because I can see the traits. I can see how he acts. I can see how he behaves. I can hear it in his voice, the way he treats others, the way he teaches, the way he talks, the way he walks, the way he takes care of others. So they would be able to see that. And so now let's look back at the disciples and Jesus. So we, I just gave you that little note. And I learned that from like Perry Stone. I listened to different uh, ministers like Perry Stone, who is very, very educated in the word of God, uh, historian. Um, he's one of those guys that can go over to Israel and just go from spot to spot and tell you the history of it, tell you where it's at in the Bible. Not only that, but tell you how the people lived. He could tell you all the amazing stuff, kind of like Flavius Josephus and the, his historian books where he can basically tell you, okay, well, that's what happened. But hey, look, here's where Gideon hid in the wine press and the Midianites were coming in and this is the valley that they would come in. And this is where David and Goliath fought. And, you know, just so many different things like that. But it's neat to get the history. It's neat to learn the teachings and the trainings and things like that. So when you're teaching others or when you're helping others or when you're talking to someone else, you'll be able to let them know, hey, this is what it was like back then, but now it's this way. And you just go from there. And so, like I said, back to the disciples and Jesus. So Jesus chose the 12 disciples to follow him so he could teach them and equip them for the work of ministry, as well as, of course, and that work of ministry was to fulfill the beginning of the Great Commission, training and discipling the world so that the kingdom of God would be taught throughout the world. And I said, when I said that, I said, fulfill the beginning of the Great Commission because they're gone. They're with the Lord now. We're supposed to be continuing this on. I share a picture, a visual, and I've done that in my podcast episodes before where I said, can you imagine, picture the 12 apostles the 12 disciples standing there and they've got these batons in their hand and it's like you're running a race. You're running a relay race. The race of the kingdom of God spreading the good news about Jesus Christ throughout the world and there they are standing on the line holding out that baton waiting for us to step up and continue on with the great commission. That's what I'm talking about. So the kingdom of God. And so basically... That's what they were being trained for, so that when Jesus went to be with the Father, 
and they were given the Holy Spirit to guide them and give them what they needed, they were able to continue walking in what they were trained to do because they went from being the disciples to the apostles. They had an apostolic calling on their lives. They went out now and became builders, trainers, equippers. The one that was sent, these men were sent by Jesus Christ, guided by the Holy Spirit to go from town to town to town and basically get out there, share the good news, share the kingdom of God, show people through signs and wonders and so forth. So Jesus didn't just sit them down, of course. He didn't just sit them down and talk to them about the kingdom of God. He gave them spiritual OJT. And I love when I get my show notes ready, because what I do is I get on the computer, I'll have one screen open up with Windows or Word, and I'm typing my documents. And on the other screen, I'll have the internet, and I'll have different websites opened, or I'll have the uh, the Bible program open, the Bible software program. So all I have to do is, as I'm writing my notes, and all of a sudden, Holy Spirit will give me a nugget, just like the spiritual OJT, I like that, the on-the-job training. And so I'll put the verses in and I'll keep going and then I'll get a good little nugget. And so all these, of course, passed on to you, but also for me as well. And all this that I've been doing, uh, this is episode 187, I believe. So these are all equipping and training episodes, 187 episodes from love to whatever it may be. All these different things I've talked about over the years. These are all equipping tools as well. But basically, Jesus gave them spiritual OJT. So he gave them that on-the-job training, or I should say on-the-ministry training. But they witnessed witnessed him healing the sick, raising the dead, feeding the multitudes by miraculously multiplying the bread and the fish on two separate occasions, making demons flee out of tormented individuals, his own resurrection, and so much more. They witnessed him doing many great things. So like I said, they weren't just sitting in a room and Jesus just talking to them day in and day out for three and a half years. They were in the thick of it. They sat, they taught, like when he taught, as they call the Sermon on the Mount, when really Jesus was talking to the 12, but then the people gathered around. But that's a perfect example. He, they sat down around him. He taught them. There was a lot of teaching going on. Notes were being taken, of course, because some of the apostles wrote about the things that took place. But they got in there. They were trained. But then they said, okay, now let's go do this. Or, hey, let's send out the seventy. Let's get out here and go do this. Let's go do that. Go out right now. Share the good news about the kingdom of God. And while you're at it, heal a few folks. Take care of folks. If you're not welcome, brush the dust off your sandals and go to the next location. And so forth. And so they were training. They were equipping. That's what it was all about. And remember, three and a half years, the disciples were with with Jesus. So keep that in mind. So they were able to not only listen to him talk about miracles, but they actually, once again, witnessed them firsthand and even participated in some. And so let's look at the feeding of the 5,000. And that's in Matthew 14, 13 through 21. I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation. Jesus feeds 5,000. As soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. But the crowds heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. 
Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. That evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. And now, I'm going to stop right there, because you know how your mind starts thinking. I always think about, you know, here's the Son of God standing there right in front of you, and you're going to tell him what to do? When chances are, and I mean, this is just Steve Lewis talking, chances are the guys were tired. It had been a long day. They probably wanted to rest. The disciples did. So they're trying to talk Jesus into sending people away so they can go buy food. But either way, this is the perfect storm, as we call it. The perfect storm for getting things ready for an amazing miracle and a powerful thing to happen, which we get to read about in today's day and age. And so, like he said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, that isn't necessary. You feed them. Ooh, man. What? <laughs> I'm pretty sure all of us, including this guy right here, would literally go, uh, what in the world are we going to feed them with, Jesus? Grass and seawater, you know? But he said that. And, he, and so, of course, obviously, the disciples say exactly what we would say. But we have only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here, he said. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven, which was powerful, looked up towards heaven and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterward the disciples picked up twelve baskets of leftovers. About 5,000 men were fed that day in addition to all the women and children. And when you read that, they didn't count men and or women and children weren't really counted too often. But when they tell you in addition to all women and children, there's guesstimations out there that it could have been anywhere from 13,000 people. You know, if a lot of the men were married, you know, they throw in a few thousand for that, could say 8,000, 9,000. Plus, they believed in having children back then in those days, which we still do today. But the way I'm saying it, um, many children. So there was a lot of people there. So you could probably say there was close to 13,000, 14,000 people, maybe. So that's a lot of people being fed. And so we read this and we just blow through it. You know, oh, yeah, he fed 5,000, not including women and children. Hey, that's wonderful. Great. What a miracle. But listen, there's many little nuggets in here. First of all, the disciples did not fully understand the power that Jesus had. So they thought like the world, just like what I said earlier. On many occasions, which is normal, and we still do that today, walking in unbelief. You know, they walked in unbelief. It's like 5,000 people. How are we going to feed them, not including the women and children? So here's some key things. And I chose this account of Jesus doing hands-on training with his disciples because of a very important verse. Jesus prayed, and then he handed the food to his disciples. He didn't sit back and go, and then Jesus looked up to heaven, prayed, and then he walked around and gave the food out to 10,000 plus people. No, he handed the baskets of food, right? Handed the food to the disciples. 
And then the multiplication happened. It doesn't say Jesus walked around with this big, huge armload full. I mean, there's so many ways you could picture this in your mind. Jesus praying, then taking that one loaf and just breaking it. And as he breaks it, it just keeps multiplying. It keeps breaking pieces off of it. We don't know how it happened. We know there were baskets involved. So he could have broke one, put it in, and then it multiplied. Or as the disciples kept pulling it out of the basket, there was still more in the bottom of the basket. And they just kept pulling it out and pulling it out. We don't know. But all we do know is it's recorded 5,000 plus. The other thing is, you know, it was getting late, but yet miraculously all those people were fed and everybody ate and they weren't tired. So you figure 12 men walking around trying to give food to that many people. So it's a miracle. It's an amazing miracle. It's a powerful miracle. But the key thing to remember is it's all the hands on. And that's what we're talking about. Hands on, taught trained, hands-on, Jesus used the disciples to do the work. He didn't do it all by himself. He allowed others to get involved. So you see where my little hints are going when it comes to discipleship, when it comes to training, when it comes to congregational ministries. You know, you have a church that you go to, even though, as we know, and when I say the church, it's just because we all know when you say the church, everybody knows what it means. Although the church is the people in the building. But the key thing is you go to a church where the pastors use the congregation and allow the congregation to get involved just the way Jesus did with the loaves and the fish. That's important in this day and age in 2022. We've got to start something new. We've got to go fresh with these things. When it comes to discipleship, we can't just keep doing the same thing over. And some of you know when I'm talking, because you've heard some of my other messages before, when I say to you, you know, Jesus didn't just sit and talk to them. He actually got them out in the street. He was with them. It didn't say Jesus sent them and he sat back and crossed his legs and relaxed. Jesus was out there with them in the beginning to help them get equipped and trained, doing hands-on together as a team effort. That is important. Sound good? And so with that, that was a perfect example, which shows why as followers of Jesus Christ, we are to be active and showing the world who Jesus Christ is. It's really important. They were just as much a part of that miracle as Jesus was. Yes, he's the leader. Yes, he prayed. Yes, he performed the miracle. But at the same time, his vessels, the disciples that he's training and he's equipping were part of that. Things were being multiplied either out of the basket, however it worked. They were part of that miracle. Amazing. And so the ministry of Jesus Christ was never a sit down and listen ministry. It was and still is supposed to be a get trained up and then rise up and get busy showing the world your faith. I have a saying that I've said before many times, you know, here's the saying. I thank God. I'll say thank God the disciples didn't just sit in the upper room for the rest of their lives. And of course, that's recorded in the book of Acts. You know, they were waiting for the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But what if they just sat there? We got the baptism and they just stayed in the room and never came out and the world never got a chance to experience what they were taught, what they were trained, what they were anointed to do. That's why discipleship is so very important on both sides of the fence. 
It's important as leaders to disciple the people. It's important for the people who are just getting saved, or even if they've been sitting in the congregation for years and don't know anything, for them to be discipled, for them to go, hey, wait a minute, there's got to be more than this. There has to be more than this. In fact, there's thousands of you. I don't know how many listen to this podcast show. Our numbers are growing. But at the same time, there's many of you sitting back going, what do I do next? I asked Jesus Christ into my life. I repented of my sins. Hey, I've even been baptized in water, but I'm sitting here and I've got this Bible. I don't know where to begin. I don't know who the Holy Spirit is. I don't know. I don't know any of this stuff. Where in the world do I start at? Those are the people we need to reach with discipleship training. Those are the people that we need to partner up with. We have thousands and thousands, millions and millions of Christians in the world. We need to come alongside one another. We need to come alongside those who are new followers and get into the word of God with them, teach them, equip them, step out with them, let them experience what ministry feels like. All those different things are so important because then whatever seed the Holy Spirit has in them for them to step out and do, it's going to flourish. It's going to grow that iron sharpening iron. When one minister rubs up against another minister or ministers helping someone in discipleship, and as you're going out and doing something, they see you doing something like me doing the podcast shows. You know, I want to be able to mentor. I've got a couple people that I'm mentoring right now, and I want to be able to mentor some folks because I'm here doing this right now. I have the equipment. I know almost, what, four years of doing this and reaching people around the world, what it's like. So I'm able to disciple people in this area of their lives. Or they may see what I'm doing and say, you know what, Steve, I like what you're doing, but I really would like to do something different. I want to be able to write. Well, let me show you what I do for writing. And it just goes from there. And so I don't want to let out too much stuff because I've got some different uh, episodes that are going to deal with some of these things. But I just wanted to share that with you. And the key thing is, as we get back to the disciples, as I was saying, uh, the part when I said about they didn't just sit in the upper room for the rest of their lives. No, they continued being obedient to the word of God and stepped out and shared the good news. So I think I'm going to go ahead and leave it right there. This is exciting. You know, we really need to equip the saints, leaders out there, pastors, the fivefold ministry. We need to. I say we because I'm right in there too. I'm holding myself responsible. That's why I do what I do. People need trained. There's many people sitting in church buildings that have no clue about the Word of God. They don't read their Bibles. They only know what they hear the pastor preach, and that's it. And they've been sitting in the pews for 30, 40 years and don't know what to do, don't know if they have a calling. And so because of that, there's many people missing out on what gifts they have planted in them. And so that's why discipleship is so very important. It's about getting rid of our stubbornness now. If you're a leader, don't look at me like, who's this Steve Lewis guy? He needs to be quiet and mind his own business. No, sit back and quietly go, you know what? He may have a point. Let me check into this and see how many people in my congregation need discipled. Let me get a discipleship program going. Let me get to the point where people 
are need to be trained up and they're going to be trained up here, but we're not just going to be trained up. We're going to be trained up and we're going to go and do something with that training. That's another thing that's really important, but I'm just going to leave that there because I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. It's exciting and I really enjoy it, really enjoy doing this and uh, things have grown. Many listeners, Kingdom Community TV is uh, just can't say enough about it. Pastor Glenn and the gang and uh, having my own TV show, having relevance for today, being on TV is uh, it's really exciting. And so with that being said, let's go ahead and pray. So Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for this opportunity to share another message. I thank you so much for just pregnating me with getting this discipleship series, getting this discipleship series started so that people can be equipped and trained. Lord, if we help one, but we know we're going to help many, we're not even going to go there with saying help one, then we'll be pleased. We want to help thousands to get trained, to get equipped. We want to help those who've just come to Christ. We want to help those who've been followers of you for years. We want to help the ministers, the leaders, all those walking in the fivefold ministry callings to help them to just Focus on discipling and training up others so they can be who they're supposed to be and lifting people up to where they're called to be. So, Lord, I just pray for all those listening and watching my show. I thank you for all of them, Lord. Blessings on each and every individual. Thank you, thank you, thank you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray these things. Amen. Hey, there you have it, folks. Thanks for tuning into the episode. Very excited about this series. Write something in the comment section. Get in touch with me. That's your assignment. Get in touch with me. Let me know what's going on in your life with discipleship. Let me know if you need to be discipled so we can find out where you are and maybe we can find out some connections for you. It's time, folks. It's time to step up. This is on us. Jesus was with the disciples for three and a half years. That's it. How many of us, like Stephen Lewis, have been going and being around the body of Christ for years and years, over 20 years, what are we doing with it? We go to college for four years, we get out, we do something, right? Don't get me started, don't get me started. <laughs> hey, listen, hey, with that being said, God bless you all, love you, take care of yourself. Thanks for watching the show, thanks for listening to the show. Make sure you share it with friends and family and strangers. Hey, God bless, take care of yourselves, love you all, get subscribed, Peace.